And good evening to you, Hampton Road. Good evening to you, the seven cities, everyone in the 757. Welcome to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. As a matter of fact, I want to welcome you from every state in the United States of America. And I'm just thrilled and so honored to have you join us from several countries around the world. Listen, I've seen you check in from Norway, from Australia, from Japan, from Korea, from the United Kingdom, Great Britain, from Ireland, uh, from Canada. I've seen you check in from a number of countries. And I tell you what, that just delights my soul. It inspires me. It encourages me. And I hope that we are just as encouraging to you as you are to us. I sincerely, deeply appreciate you joining with us here on Marriage Clinic, Marriage and Family Clinic, that is. Listen, if you want to hear us, you can always find us on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, on iTunes. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges, you'll find the podcast. That's iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And in northeastern, or excuse me, in southern Virginia, northeastern North Carolina, you can listen to us on WPCE 1400 AM, WBXB 100.1 AM, and WGPL 1350 AM. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. Listen, Marriage and Family Clinic, our mission is to help you find out what makes you tick in your marriage and your family relationships. And we want to help you monitor and get that ticking under control. I want to help you tap into what makes you tick. I want to help you tap into that so that you can learn yourself, gain some self-awareness, and know what's motivating you and what's pushing you in your marriage and family relationships. Because I believe that's going to go a long way into helping you have a successful relationship. It's not about what the other person can do for you. It's not about the other person making you happy. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't even want to give anyone enough power over you that they they determine when you can be happy and when you are not. You don't look for people to make you happy. You look for people to grow with in relationships. And your happiness is up to you. Are you hearing me this evening? Your happiness is up to you. My goodness, I would like to take off right there, but I need to talk about divorce just a little bit more. We talked to you on last week about divorce. Uh, And I want to spend just a little more time dealing with the issue of divorce. Because terminating the marriage, which is divorce, terminating the marriage for too many people, it's not a last resort. It's a first option. It's not a last resort. It's not a dire, desperate move. It's not a move of desperation for too many people. Divorce is the first of a couple of options for way too many people. And I want to talk to especially today to someone out there, you and your husband or you and your wife, seems like you're just growing apart. 
and it's beginning to look dim for you. You're beginning to lose hope. I'm talking to you. I'm pointing my finger right at you, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in. I'm pointing my finger right at you. You know who you are. You've been trying and trying and trying and trying. You've tried everything. You've listened to Oprah. You've listened to Dr. Phil. You've done all that you know to do. And it seems like things are not getting better. You and your husband or you and your wife, you continue to grow apart. And the only way you can describe it is that we have fallen out of love. And I want to be honest with you and tell you that that is your first mistake. Believing this fantasy, believing this, this false narrative, believing this fairy tale of being in love. Nowhere in the Bible does God speak about being in love. And I don't mean to bust nobody's bubble. I certainly don't mean to insult anyone. But And, and I know good and well that I just may offend someone's spiritual sensibilities. I'm going to offend the spiritual sensibilities and insult the theology of a lot of Christians when I say we even need to quit talking about falling in love with Jesus. We need to quit it. That is not a term. That is not a phrase. That is not an idea. It's not a philosophy that is biblically based. The purpose of love is to bind us together when we feel like we have fallen out of love. <laughs> That's the purpose of love. The purpose of love is to keep us together when we feel like we no longer want to be together. Oh my goodness, I feel led somewhere. I feel led in a direction. We don't get it. We don't get it. The purpose of love is not to give us these uh, goo-goo-ga-ga feelings. The purpose of love is not for us to have sweaty palms and hearts beating faster and, and can't sleep and can't eat and, and so forth and so on. That, that's not the purpose of love. Most of that is infatuation. The purpose of love, love is about a covenant, love is about an unending promise, love is about an unending, unwaving, unwielding, un, un, non-giving commitment to another. And loving our wives, loving your husbands, I love you means that I'm bound to you regardless of what I feel. Oh, I want you to listen to me. I'm, I'm going to talk slow tonight. I'm going to try my best not to get excited. But I love you means I am in it for the long haul regardless of any feelings and in spite of any feelings. 
Quite honestly, there are going to be times in a marriage when we may not even like each other. Oh, I pray to God those times are very, 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 very few. But there are going to be times when we may not like each other very much. But that's when love takes over. Love is not for the good times. You don't need love in good times. And this is why I often say that love works best in unlovely situations. And if your situation at home, if your situation in your marriage, if your situation with your parents, if your situation with your children is unlovely, then it is just right for love. Wow. It's those ugly times that require love. Those unhappy times. Those displeasing moments. Those disappointing moments. Those are the times that require love. Those moments of ecstasy, those moments of when you're walking on the beach with the sand uh, 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 flowing through your toes and you're holding hands and it's blissful, you're on vacation and, and my goodness, you're eating a fine dinner, you're staying at a five-star hotel and you're eating in the best restaurant and you know there's no one interrupting you, you don't have a care in the world, you don't need love then. But you need love. You need love when there are bills due and he hasn't had a raise or maybe even lost a job and the children are acting up and there's something wrong with the plumbing in the house. The HVAC went out and so forth and so on. You know what we say when it rains, it pours. Those are the moments in which we need love. Those are the moments. And so I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to have the right love philosophy and accurate. A God-based, a Christ-centered love philosophy. And a God-based, Christ-centered love philosophy says... Love works best in unlovely situations. Oh, I'm talking to you tonight. I am talking to you in this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. And I want you to take that towel. Don't you dare throw it in. You pick it up and wipe your forehead. You pick it up and wipe the sweat from your brow. Wipe the tears from your eyes. Wipe the sweat from your hands. You pick that towel up and wipe yourself off and grab a hold. For every one of you who feel like you're at the end of your rope, you tie a knot on, you grab a hold, and you hang on. That's the message I want to give to you today. That's the message I want to share with you in this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Listen, listen. We have all kinds of reasons that we're divorcing for. We only get divorced for essentially one reason. We divorce essentially for one reason. You know what that one reason is? We are selfish beings. 
We're selfish beings. And that is the basis of so many divorces. You know, adultery may be a manifestation of the selfishness. Uh, stealing the money from your partner may be a manifestation of the selfishness. There may be uh, uh, abuse, uh, neglect, abandonment. A whole lot of things may be manifestations of the selfishness. But when the rubber meets the road, we really divorce because of selfishness. Either we are unwilling or unable to forgive. Let me say that again. We're not unable. We're either unwilling or ignorant of how to forgive. I like that better. I like that better. Unforgiveness is going to be a hindrance to you. Pride is going to be a hindrance to you. And if you cannot deal with unforgiveness, if you cannot deal with pride, if you do not live in the accurate philosophy of love, then yeah, you're going to resort to divorce. You will resort to a divorce. And for all of you out there who believe in the Bible, the Word of God gives us one reason for divorce gives us one divorce permissive and that is fornication you can call it adultery whatever the case may be but fornication is the only reason that the word of God allows divorce and listen even in the case of fornication, even in the case of adultery, even though God may allow divorce, it doesn't mean that divorce is mandatory. I cannot stress that enough. I guarantee you that God would choose uh, reconciliation and forgiveness over divorce any day of the week. I guarantee you that God would be more pleased God would smile more so at reconciliation and forgiveness than at divorce, even in the case of adultery. Now, please don't get me wrong. Do not take off on that and believe that I'm saying if your husband or your wife has 14 girlfriends or boyfriends, then you should stay with them. Lord, you know good and well that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is that is the only time in which divorce is allowed. Now, there are some other things that happen. There are some other things that happen in which uh, 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 it's going to challenge the relationship deeply. It's going to challenge the relationship. Everything may not be a cause for divorce. But there are several things that may be a cause for separation. Hmm. And let's get an understanding of separation also. Separation is about taking a break from each other, living in separate geographical residences. But because there is space between you, it doesn't mean that you're done. 
It doesn't mean that you're done. Listen, here's another mistake that we make. We may separate for a period of time. We may separate for a period of time. But then we come back together and things seem fine. Initially, things seem fine. We'll talk and we'll discuss things. And we have patience and toleration and compromise. And, and we're working together initially for the first week, for the first two weeks, maybe even the first three weeks. But then we sink right back into those old ruts. You know why? Because we did not properly use the separation period. Everything is not a cause for divorce, but some things may be a cause for separation. And separation is this period of time in which a husband and a wife will live apart from one another. And that is for the purpose of the husband and the wife working on themselves. So if you just spend time away from one another and never work on yourself and never enhance your, your, your self-awareness, never grow in self-awareness, never deal with your issues, never come to grips with your issues, never face yourself in the mirror. If you're just going to spend time apart and never work, never grow, never change, then guess what? When you come back together, there has been no growth. There has been no change. You're the same ones who separated a time ago, so you're going to have the same issues. And it won't be long, it will not be long, before you're back in the same rut and sinking deeper into despair, deeper into depression, deeper into hopelessness, and closer to divorce. So I want you to get that. Listen, I'm not telling you that you have to fake it to make it or anything like that. I'm not telling you that uh, 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 you need to stay married no matter what the case may be. There are some times, there's one time that divorce is allowed, but there are some times also that we need to separate. I would never tell a woman to remain married to an abusive husband. I would never tell a man to remain married to an abusive wife. Hmm. I would counsel them and suggest that they seriously consider a period of separation so that they could work on those issues individually and be better for each other when they come back together. So physical and mental abuse, reasons for separation. Uh, 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 addiction, neglect, abandonment. Emotional abuse, all reasons for separation. Uh, uh, maltreatment, mistreatment, serious mistreatment, all reasons for separation. You may need to consider separation. And remember, separation is about realizing that you have some issues and a period of part for you to work on your issues may be necessary. That's separation. And listen to this. If you choose to separate, then you, you're not going to work on your issues by yourself. You can't trust yourself 
to work on your issues by yourself. Why? Because you cannot see everything about you that other people see. It's called a blind spot. What's a blind spot? Emotional blind spots, psychological blind spots. What is a blind spot? A blind spot is an area of my personality that I don't see, but others around me see it clearly. You may not see yourself as a particularly aggressive person, but other people around you would tell you, I have to be careful because you can get aggressive. You may not necessarily see yourself as a, as a uh, strong-willed person, as a stubborn person. But others around you know that they have to be careful of their contact with you in certain situations because you're a very stubborn person. There are facets of your personality that you don't see. It's called a blind spot. And so when it comes to working on your issues, if you're going to, number one, discover what your issues truly are, and then number two, get help for your issues and help your issues, then you're going to need to enlist the help of someone else. You're going to need a counselor. You're going to need a mentor. A mentor for real, not just a good friend. Not just a good friend. You need someone whom you can trust to give you truth. You need someone in whom you feel safe enough to speak the truth, knowing that they're going to give you truth back. They're going to give it to you in love, but they're going to give it to you nonetheless. Here's a problem. So often we, we divorce, again, I say we divorce for selfishness only, but you see irreconcilable differences. Some of us, some of us in the world are shocked to see that Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing. I don't know how you plan to divorce for almost two years. <laughs> how you've been working on it for that long. But they've been doing it. And when you have a uh, hundred billion dollars or so, almost two hundred billion dollars at stake, I guess you will work on the divorce for a couple of years to make sure that all the assets are divided appropriately or equitably. I don't know about equally. It can't be equally. But here's the deal. We're shocked to hear that they're divorcing. Listen, divorce is not some melody experienced by poor people only. Divorce is not some affliction that grabs a hold to the lives, the hearts, and the minds of people in poverty only. Your flesh... The works of the flesh don't care your, about your color, your social status, your economic status, whether you live in a gated community on the hill or whether you live in the projects in a rundown apartment. Selfishness knows no boundaries. Selfishness doesn't care anything about that. Selfishness will afflict and overcome anyone who allows it. But we say we're divorcing because of irreconcilable differences. And we say that it's time to divorce because we, we just don't see eye to eye. We can't get along. Or, I don't love her anymore. He doesn't love me anymore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We say all these things. We feel our marriage relationships slipping away. We can see them slipping away. We see them. But here's the deal. I don't want you to be hopeless. So many people settle on divorce 
because they don't know how to get out of the jam that they're in. They've tried everything that they know and nothing has worked. And the essence of the matter is this right here. They just don't know enough. I believe that some husbands and some wives really love each other, but they divorce. They really love each other, but they divorce. Well, then if you love each other, why divorce? What's the problem? The problem is, even though you love each other, you don't have the tools to resolve the emotional conflict that exists in your marriage relationship. Wow, that is solid. That's a solid statement right there. You open up your toolbox. There is adultery. There is abuse. There is abandonment. There is uh, misuse. There is maltreatment. There, there is unforgiveness. There, all of these things are going on, whatever the case may be. He never talks to me. She never talks. Whatever the case may be, you open up your toolbox and you have nothing in there to deal with this issue. So when you've tried everything in your toolbox and it still hasn't worked, you decide, guess we'll get a divorce. But here's the truth of the matter. You just don't have it in your toolbox. You need to get yourself some help. That's just the bottom line. You need to get yourself some help. I want you to remember, I want you to remember what 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter says. I didn't mean to say this. I didn't even mean to go this way today. But this is the way we went. I want you to remember what 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter says. The love chapter. Love is a choice. Love is not about, is not about the goo goo gaga, sweaty palms, heart beating fast. That, that's not love. Remember, love works best in unlovely situations. And if you're going to have the love that's required to succeed in an unlovely situation... 1 Corinthians 13 says, you need forgiveness, you need patience, you need kindness, you need to love the truth. You need to be loyal to your spouse and your mate at all costs. You need to believe in and have faith in your partner. Those are the things you need. If you're going to have the love that resolves an unlovely situation, these are the things that you need. Now, if you want to have a love that resolves an unlovely situation, here are the things that you don't need, according to 1 Corinthians 13. You don't need jealousy. You don't need envy. You don't need selfishness. Oh, there's selfishness. You don't need irritability. You don't need to hold grudges. And you don't need to disrespect each other. If you're going to have the love, if you're going to have the love, that successfully resolves unlovely situations and allows you to grow together as a couple. If you want to grow old and gray-haired, sitting on the porch, rocking in the chair in your elderly years, then you need to include in your relationship forgiveness, patience, kindness, love of truth, loyalty at all costs, and you need to believe in your partner. If you're going to grow old and gray-haired, rocking in the rocking chair on the porch in your elderly years, you need to leave out of your marriage relationship jealousy, envy, selfishness, irritability, 
don't need to hold grudge, and you don't need to disrespect. There are things that you include, things that you exclude. And I wish I had time to tell you some people that you include and some people that you exclude. So to you, as I'm, as I'm running out of time here, I want to wind this up. I want to wind this up. To you out there to whom I'm pointing my finger, you out there who's getting ready to throw in the towel, you out there who feels your marriage slipping away, you may have tried everything that you know, but the honest to God's truth is, you just don't know enough. And if you're relying on some phantom love bird, some cupid to strike you and make you fall in love with your spouse, you're going to be waiting a long time and you will end up in divorce court. I want you to come with me here. I want you to get over this fantasy about falling in love. That's some, that's some bunk that Hollywood fed us. Get over it. And for you Christians, even get over this stuff about falling in love with Jesus. You don't fall in love with Jesus. You just love him with your whole heart. We need to learn to love our mates with our whole hearts. Listen, the God-based, Christ-centered love philosophy says love works best in unlovely situations. Pick that towel up. Don't you dare throw it in. Reach out for help from the right person. It's just not in you. Don't throw in the towel because you don't have the answer. If you don't have the answer, that means it's time to go somewhere else. Go get your answer. Listen, I'm all out of time here. I've got to go. I'm, my time is up, but I appreciate you joining us here on Marriage and Family Clinic this week. I hope something has been said to encourage you. If you got any comments you want me to read or questions or you want to talk about your situation, email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. If you want to hear this again, you can find the podcast. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Spotify or iHeartRadio and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find the podcast there. Appreciate you joining us. Look for you again next week. Until then, remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.